Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, I want to just take a few minutes this morning to preach to you a very simple message that I am calling the heart of the church. The heart of the church. What is the heart of God's church? What is his heart for his church? I'm sure if I went around this morning and and passed out a survey, there would be many different answers to what is the heart of God's church. But if you will read in your Bible, starting especially in the New Testament, you'll see letters that were written by great men of God like Paul and like Peter. And, And they were given us really uh, the theme of what the heart of the church should be. We see it woven all throughout the New Testament. And then if you study the Gospels, Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, those followers of Christ, if you'll see there in the Gospels, you'll see at times that they were sharing things with us to reveal to us what the heart of the church should be. And then our greatest example of all is Jesus Christ. Even in the Gospels, we see that even before uh, he was to go to the cross at Calvary and give his life for all of us so we could be saved, he shares with us and tells us what the, what the heart of the church should be. And the heart of the church should be love. Say love. The heart of the church should be love. The great theologian Augustine, if any of you study church history, you've heard that name before. Augustine said this, that every city or society of men is held together by some law. But the city of God is held together by the law of love. It's held together by the law of love. God's church is held together by the law of God. So what is love? What is is Christian love? What does love look like from the scriptures? Well, let me tell you a definition here of love. Love is the expression of God's compassion, the expression of God's mercy to all people through our actions and through our attitudes and through our words. Let me share with you that definition again. What is love? Love is the expression of God's compassion. It's the expression of God's mercy to all people. Not just some people, but all people. It's an expression of His compassion and mercy to all people through us, the church. When I say church, you know I mean you and me, you and me. We are are the church. So it's God's compassion being extended and expressed through us to all people through our, through our actions and through our attitudes and through our words. That's what love is. And Jesus made this statement speaking about the last days when he said that in the last days you're going to notice something about love. He says in the very last days, love of most people is going to grow cold. And the reason that love is going to grow cold in the world, he says in the word, is because there's going to be an increase in wickedness. Hello. 
There's going to be a love, but it's going to grow cold in the last days because there's going to be an increase in wickedness. And we see that increase happening now. There's the increase in hatred, and there's the increase in violence, and there's the increase in division. And Jesus is telling us when you see these things taking place, when you see the love of men growing cold in the last days, and when you see an increase in wickedness, more than ever the church needs to be walking in love. More than ever the church needs to be walking in love. When, when things begin to grow cold and dark in the world, the church should be a church that has a heart of love for all people. You see, the heart of the church should always be to express God's compassion and mercy to a culture and world that is lacking love. And how many of you know that the world we live in right now, the, the love is growing cold. There's a lack of love in the world today. And God's church should have a heart that's always expressing his compassion and his mercy and his love because love is powerful. How many of you know love is powerful? You see, love will overcome hatred and, and, and love will give hope to the hopeless and, and love will break down walls and, and love can build bridges to people and love forgives and, and love changes hearts and, and love changes people. And Jesus is calling his church to express a heart of love toward all people in these crazy and chaotic times that we're living in today. The church should have a heart of love. The church, you you, you, all of you, myself, we should have a heart of love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14, before I read that to you, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's, he's sharing some information here to these believers in, in Corinth, and he's telling them this is how church should be. If you read through Corinthians, he's going to tell you this is how worship should be, this is how you're to take communion, this is how you're to, to discipline uh, a brother or sister in the, in the church, this is how you're to do all these things, this is how you're to be the church, is what Paul's teaching here in this letter and then he comes to the very end and he says this is what church should be this is what you should do but more than anything never forget this Paul says he says let all that you do be done in love let all you do be done in love when, when you're singing let it be done in love when, when you're preaching the word let it be done in love if not you're going to be like a, a clanging symbol was what the word of God says when, when you're preaching do it in the love of God. When you're, when, you're, when you're serving one another, do everything with love. When you're in fellowship with one another, do everything in love. When you're praying for one another, do everything in love. He says, let everything you do be done in love. And then a powerful verse in, that comes from the Gospel of John that I really want to focus on here because Paul tells us that we're to do everything in love. We're to do everything in love. And then we read the words of Jesus who's reminding his disciples in John chapter 15 that his church will have a heart of love. And listen to what Jesus says to his followers in John 15. This is Jesus speaking, and listen to what he says. Jesus says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. 
Those are the words of Christ. And he's speaking to his followers, and he's speaking to them then, and he's speaking to his followers today, and he's reminding us that we are to love one another with the same love that he has for us. And he teaches us here, the first thing I want you to see is that love is eternal. Love is eternal. In verse 9 here, Jesus says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Now, I don't think any of us in this place today, including myself, I'm not sure that we will ever fully grasp the love that the Father has for His Son. I don't know that we'll ever comprehend that until we get to heaven one day. But I'm here to tell you that God's Word says that the Father loves the Son. And it's an eternal love. In John 3.35, you find things like this written throughout the Scriptures where it says the Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hands. In John 10.17, Jesus said these words. He says, My Father loves me because I lay down my life so I can take it up again. My Father loves me. And that's throughout the Scriptures. The Father loves the Son with an eternal love. Let me build here real quick on a foundation that, and then we're going to go uh, and take off here in just a minute. Love, love is eternal because it comes from God who is eternal. God is the source of eternal love because the Bible says God is love. He's the source of love. He's the source of eternal love because He's an eternal God. And what is eternal love? Well, let me tell you what it means when I say eternal love. Eternal love is everlasting love. Eternal love is unending love. It's unconditional love. It's unstoppable love. Listen, you can be walking and you can walk away from God's love, but that's never going to stop Him from loving you. He's always going to love you with an eternal love. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for that? And Jesus said to His disciples that the same eternal love that the Father has for me. Brother, if you'd do me a favor, Franklin, come here, please, and grab me that bottle of water. Thank you, sir. I apologize. My sinuses are starting to act up, and my brother prayed for me a while ago before the service. I'm feeling better. Jesus said to his disciples, He says, the same eternal love that the Father has for me is the same eternal love that I have for all of you. And can I just remind you today that when Jesus was speaking that to his disciples, he's speaking that to all of us here today, that he loves each and every one of us today with an eternal love. Listen, it's an unconditional love. It's an unending love. It's an everlasting love. It's an unstoppable love. But he loves each and every one of us here today. And some of you have a problem with that. Some of you have a problem grasping that, that God Almighty loves you with an eternal love. That's hard for some of you to accept because here on this earth, you you were raised in a home maybe that there was no love. You have a hard time receiving this eternal love knowing that Christ loves you this way because you were raised in a home where where love was, was never expressed. Some of you are battling with this thing that God can love me with an eternal love because you have a difficult time believing that God can love someone like you. You you think, man, how could the Lord love someone like me? I've messed up so many times in my life. 
How, how could God love someone like me? Because have you seen my past? It's not the greatest past, and it's a bad thing that I've done in my life. And do you know what I've been through, Lord? And do you know what I've done, Lord? I got a rugged past, a bad past, and you're telling me that you can still love me with an eternal love? Some of you have a problem receiving that love because of your past. And some of you have a problem receiving that love, that eternal love, because how could the Lord love someone like me with all the regrets that I have in my life? How could, some, how could someone love somebody like me with all my problems and all my issues that I have going on in my life? Can I encourage you this morning, if that's you and you're struggling to really believe that God loves you with an eternal love, can I encourage you and remind you to look who Jesus is talking to here in this passage? He's talking to his disciples. Look at them guys. Do you think they were perfect? They were far from it. You think they were A students in Bible school or theology school? Far from it. They had their issues. They had their problems. They had their failures. They had their flaws. But here's the good news. Despite all that they had going on, the Lord still loved them with an eternal love. And the good news is today that no matter your problems, no matter your issues, no matter if you've doubted or denied or deserted, He still loves you. He still loves you with eternal love. And we give in praise for that today. Hallelujah. Romans, Romans 5 8 says that God demonstrated his love for us in this that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for that today? Can you say thank you, Jesus? So the Lord loves us with an eternal love, and not only, not only does he love us, not only does Jesus love us, but Jesus said, I want you to remain in my love. I want you to remain in my love. Well, what does that mean, to remain in my love? Well, we talked about that word before a couple of times here. The word remain means to stay connected. It means to rest there in a place. Remain in my love means that you, you stay in God's love 24-7. To remain in my love means that you're living in God's love every second of every day. Remain in my love, Jesus was saying, when you wake up in the morning, from the time you wake up to the time you lay your head on your pillow, when I ask you to remain in my love, what I'm asking is, is when you wake up and before you go to bed at night, you just walk through the day trusting in my love, you walk through the day rejoicing in my love, resting in my love, and that will be remaining in my love. That's what remaining in my love means. Walking in my love, trusting in my love, rejoicing in my love, resting in my love. And Jesus says, never doubt my love for you. Never doubt it. Never doubt my love for you, Jesus said. I'm going to love you in the good times, and I'm going to love you in the not-so-good times. And the reason I'm going to love you, no matter what you're going through and no matter what's happened in your life, I'm going to love you because my love is eternal. It's unconditional. It's, it's never-ending. It's unstoppable. I can't help but to love you. So how do we remain in God's love every day? Let me give you a piece of advice here this morning. If you want to remain in God's love every day of your life, then you need to wake up every day and you need to be focused on the cross of Christ. Be focused on the cross of Christ. If you want to remain in His love, listen, if you'll just wake up every day and keep your eyes on the cross and thank God for the cross because you know what? He died there on that cross and took our place. We deserve that. You understand, right? He was a substitute for us. 
We have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. He took your place and my place, and we rejoice that he loved us enough, God did, to send his one and only son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Look to the cross every day. Look to the cross and know when I look to the cross, I know there's a Lord who loves me, and I can remain in that love. I can remain in that love and just take time every day. You'd be amazed if you would just wake up in the morning instead of pulling out your list of what you need God to do for you, just start to begin to praise Him and focus on the cross and tell Him thank you and give Him praise for what He's done for you, the sacrifice that He made for all of us so our sins could be forgiven. If you would just spend time daily thanking Jesus and telling Him that you love Him. You know that Jesus loves it when His people tell Him that they love Him. Jesus, He loves it when you tell Him that you love Him. Can you say, I love you, Jesus? I lo- he loves to hear His people say, I love you. How many of you like to hear people tell you that they love you? Raise your hand. Come on, you can participate today. We all enjoy when somebody tells us that they love us. And by the way, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love all of you that are here on campus. I love all of you that are watching and worshiping online. I love you. And we, we enjoy when somebody tells us that they love us. I love when my wife Lisa tells me she loves me. It's usually right before she goes on a shopping trip. Hallelujah. I love when when my boys tell me they love me because it's right before they want to go out and get something to eat somewhere and they want daddy to pay for it. But you know what? I love, I love telling my wife and my boys I love them. I love telling them I love them. I wake up in the morning and I tell my wife and my boys I love them. I go throughout the day and let my wife and my boys know that I love them. I lay down at night or before I go to bed at night, I tell my wife and my boys how much I love them. You know what? It's because I'm focused on a love for them and that's the same focus that we need to have on the Lord. Lord, we love you every day. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the many blessings in our life. And that's how you remain in the love of God and his eternal love. God's love is eternal, unending, unchanging, unstoppable. And God's love is also effective. The eternal love of God has a powerful effect on us. How do I know that? Because Jesus said so. The the eternal love of God has a powerful effect on us. And what is that effect? He says it's going to be joy. It's going to be joy. If you'll just remain in my love, he says, listen, he says in verse 11, I've told you these things. If you'll remain in my love, you'll be filled with my joy, and yes, your joy will overflow. Hallelujah. You see, the the love of God has an effect on your life, and it will cause you to overflow with joy. Christians who remain in the love of God should overflow with joy. Christians should be walking around on this planet, and we should be the most joyous people walking the planet. Why? Because we have an eternal God who loves us with his eternal love. Hallelujah. And we should be the most joyous people because it's his love that brings joy that will cause us to overflow. Well, if that's the case, then why are so many Christians walking around not living in joy? It's like these joyous Christians are endangered species. Where are they at? There's only a few here and there. Why are they walking around without joy? 
I mean, I know Christians right now that are walking around and you would think they have ate one of those warhead pieces of candy to make your face sour. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. If you don't know, go to the store and buy a warhead and eat one. My boys tricked me one time with it. Some of you as Christians are walking around like you're uh, eating a warhead and some of you are walking around like you've been baptized in lemon juice. Walking around with no joy, walking around with no love, and there's no excuse because Jesus said this. He says, if you remain in my love and obey my commandments, then you will be filled with my joy and your joy will overflow. Listen to this and don't miss it. This is so powerful right here. Love is effective. If you will remain in the love of Jesus Christ, it will affect your life and will cause you to live a life with joy. And your joy will overflow. It's going to affect you. When you receive the love of God in your life and you remain in that love, then you're going to walk around with a joy that overflows. And what does the Bible say about joy? That the joy of the Lord is our that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when you walk in the love of God and remain in the love of God and trust in the love of God and rejoice in the love of God, your heart is going to overflow with joy and you're going to be strengthened and you're going to have a hope and you're going to have a perseverance in your life knowing that there's an almighty God that loves me and cares for me and he's going to be with me no matter what I'm going through. You see the effect that God's love has on your life? Aren't you thankful for that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Love is effective. And I finish with this here. Love is our example. Love is our example. Excuse me, I'm going to take one more little drink here of this water. I apologize for that. Love is our example. Jesus said in his word, he says, Obey all my commandments, which I've wrapped up into one commandment. Let me know how you're doing with, with obeying all of God's commandments. And that's not going to happen for any of us. You know, the Bible actually says, I think it was Paul that says, it's the commandments that actually is a schoolmaster that points us to Christ. The commandments make you see how sinful you are and why you need a Savior. And Jesus said, he says, there's all these commandments, but he says, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to wrap all the commandments up and I'm going to wrap them up in one commandment. I'm going to wrap them up in one commandment. And that one commandment, Jesus said, is to love one another in the same way that I have loved you. I'm taking all of my commandments and I'm giving you the greatest commandment and that is to uh, love one another in the same way that I have loved you. He was saying that my love is going to be an example. My love is going to be an example for you. My, my love is going to be an example for the church to follow and the church will have a heart of love the same heart of love that I have for you. Powerful. That the love of Christ can flow to us through redemption and flow through us. And because of God's love that flows to us and through us, it's going to be a, a sincere love and a sacrificial love because if you keep reading on in John 15, Jesus says there's no greater love than when a man lays down his life for another. It's a sincere, sacrificial love. Listen, when you have the love of Christ flowing to you and flowing through you, it won't be a fake love. It'll be a real love. It'll be a real love. And there's no greater love than the love of Jesus Christ expressed to other people through our actions and through our attitudes and through our words. Can you say actions? 
attitudes and words. Every, listen to me please, every follower of Jesus Christ, every follower, if you're a follower of Christ today, you're saved and on your way to heaven and you're committed to live for Jesus Christ, every follower of Christ should be expressing the sincere and sacrificial love to all people through our actions and through our attitudes and through our words. It should be to all people, all people, not just some people, all people, white people, black people, brown people, poor people, rich people, educated people, uneducated people. The love of God is for all people. Hallelujah. It's for all people. And every every follower of Jesus Christ should be expressing that love of Christ. But the question is, how in the world, how, how can we be expressing the love of Christ when we as Christians are hating on people more than the world does? How in the world are we expressing the love of Christ with our actions and with our attitudes and with our words when Christians are tearing one another down? How are we reflecting Jesus Christ and His love when when we're hurting people and gossiping about people and criticizing people and catching an attitude with people and using people and and fault-finding with people and looking for ways that we can retaliate against people and looking for ways that we can get revenge on people? Let me just tell you, friend, that right there is not remaining in God's love. That's not an example of God's love. That's not the heart of the church. Jesus said this, he says, they're going to know all you are my disciples and my followers because of your love for one another. Because of your love for one another. When you love somebody, when you love somebody, you're not going to hurt them and harm them. You're not going to do it intentionally anyway. And, and forgive me for continuing to use my wife and my boys as an illustration here, but listen, I love my wife and I love my boys and I'm not going to ever do anything. I love them so much, I'm not going to do anything to intentionally harm them. I love them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to abuse them uh, verbally. I'm not going to abuse them physically, even though they may think so sometimes. And, and the reason is because I love them. I'm not going to go home and I'm not going to lash out at them. I'm not going to tear them down. I'm not going to kick in doors. I'm not going to punch holes in walls. I'm not going to just go ballistic at home. No, because I love them. I'm not going to take from them. I'm not going to take from them. I'm not going to be somebody that's continually taken from them. I want to be somebody that's given to my wife and given to my boys. Even though I did take $20 from Lucas, I'll pay him back later. He don't know it. They got more money than I have, I promise you. I'm going to give to them because I love them. And listen, some parents out here today, I want you to hear me. There's decisions that I make in my family for my boys, and they may not understand it at the time, but I'm doing it because I have a deep love for them. I have a deep love for them. They may not appreciate the decisions that are being made. They may not understand those decisions, but I can promise you every decision I make for my family, every decision I make for my boys is motivated by a deep love for them because I have a heart of love for them. Just like you do for your family. And let me just tell you, friend, as the pastor of this church, I want our church to have a heart of love. Hear me, please. I want us to have a heart of love. I want this church to have a heart of love. Do do you realize that there's going to come a day 
Please don't miss this. Every single one of us are going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account for our life. Hey, every one of you, every one of us, we're going to give an account for our life. There's no, there's no exceptions. You may think, well, he's going to look at me and he's going to say, no, I understood kind of what you were No, every single one of us will give an account for our life. And I'm going to have to give an account for my life with my family and, and the way I walked with the Lord. But you know what? The Bible says that those that pastor God's people, we're going to be held double accountable, accountable to, that, to God. Not only for how I live my life, but how uh, I pastor this church. And there's pastors in here that have pastored churches, and we're going to be held accountable for the way that we ministered and pastored and led and loved the churches. And I'm going to tell you right now, more than anything, and it's been on my heart in prayer this week, when I stand before the Lord one day and give an account for my life and give an account for this church, I pray, I pray, I pray that the Lord will be able to say that Mount Olive First PH Church, they had a heart of love. They had a heart of love. They had a heart of love. God, help us. God, help us to have a heart of love. And I pray that will be the case. But sadly, man, sadly, I don't know how the heart, we got a heart disease. Something's happened and nobody's focused on love anymore. You, you want to know what Christians are focused on right now? They're, they're, they're focused on self. You know what most Christians are focused on right now? They're, they're focused on end time events. And, and, I'm, I, and listen, I'm not opposed to end time events. I'm, I, I want to study Bible prophecy. I want to know so I can anticipate what's going on. But more Christians right now, they're more focused on end time events than they are on loving one another. People are focused on, well, who's the, who's the Antichrist? Who, who is, where is the Antichrist going to, is, is the Antichrist in the White House right now? Or where is the Antichrist coming from? Can, can lost people get saved during the tribulation? How many more signs are we going to have before the return of Jesus Christ? Is it going to be a, a, another blood moon? Or, or, or what's the deal with the red heifer in Israel right now? Will, 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 will I be able to teleport from galaxy to galaxy in my glorified body? Hey, will my pet poodle be with me in heaven? Will there be a Krispy Kreme in heaven? And that's a legitimate question right there. That is legitimate. <laughs> Here's my point. The one thing, the one thing more than anything right now, and I'm not opposed to any of that, but the one thing that the church must have is a heart of love, to love one another with the same love that Christ has for each one of us. God, help us to be a church focused on expressing God's compassion, God's mercy to all people through our actions and through our attitudes and through our words. God, help us, Lord to make sure that we're glorifying you with a loving heart through our actions and attitudes and words. Man, I've seen some crazy stuff, heard some crazy things. Christians speaking to other people. Oh, I'm a Christian and you're not? Oh, you're going to bust hell wide open. You're going to bust hell wide open. And you know what? You're so bad right now. You, they're probably, the devil's probably going to send you back. He don't even want you. You're that bad. That, listen, that's not love. That's not expressing God's love through action, attitude, and words. That's not how you show love to one another. There may be some truth to it, and some people may need to hear it like that. I know I did. But that's not sharing the love of God. 
Oh, wait a minute. You had the uh, you had the Obama sign in your yard. So you're liberal and I'm conservative. I had the Trump sign in my yard. Wait a minute. You're a liberal? You're crazy. No, you're a conservative. You're crazy. No, you're crazy. No, you're crazy. How about let's just stop it and just because we won't raise the way some people were raised and taught the way some people were taught, we can still love one another. Come on. Come on. We can still love one another. Oh, it's getting quiet in here now. Wait a minute. My people from Duplin County, your people from Wayne County, yeah, your people are crazy. Yeah, but you people in Duplin County, you don't even have no branches on your family tree. We may not, but at least our family got all our teeth. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Wait, and they just go back and forth, back and forth. People go back and forth, back and forth, looking for to criticize somebody, to, to tear somebody down, to prove they're right, and this one's wrong. When, when all God wants for us to do is just love one another, love one another with the same love that Christ has for us. And we wonder today why there's a lack of Christian influence in America. We, we wonder today why there's no influence in our communities and our communities are not being turned upside down like they were in the New Testament church when we read in Acts. We wonder why churches are dying and doors are closing on churches. We wonder. It's because Christians are acting no different than the world with their actions and their attitudes and their words. I'm going to run down here and say amen to myself. Amen, Pastor Jeff. Can I say this? Church with no love will be a church with no influence. Church with no love will be a church with no influence. No love and there'll be no witnessing. No love and there'll be no soul winning. No love and there'll be no conversions. No love and there'll be no life transformation. No love and there'll be no true worship. No love and there'll be no praying. No love and there'll be no seeking God. No love and there'll be no giving. No love and there'll be no serving in the church. No love and there'll be no revival. No love makes the church weak. And you can go ahead and forget it right now if you think the world's going to remain in God's love. You can go ahead and forget it right now if you think that, that the uh, people in the culture around us are going to be the ones that remain and walk in love and love one another. No, they're lost, but there is a mandate. There's a calling upon the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that we would have a heart of love. Every one of us. We're here in this world to express the love of Christ. We're in this world not to lash out. We're here in this world not to lay somebody out. We're here in this world to love and not tear people down. We're here in this world to display the love of Christ to all people. Paul says, let everything you do be done in love with your actions, your attitude, and your words, and your words. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Do everything in love. What if I came up here like I'm doing right now, Sunday after Sunday and even on Wednesday nights? And by the way, we have a Wednesday night prayer service every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. You are invited. Come and be a part. We had a powerful time Wednesday night. What if I came up here every Sunday to just 
this platform here and stood behind this pulpit and I preached to you about remaining in the love of God and loving all people and love them with your actions and love them with your attitude and love them with your words and then uh, word got out about how Pastor Jeff lives when he's at home and you found out that when Pastor Jeff leaves church from preaching about remaining in the love of God and having the heart of love for all people and you found out that when he gets home that he walks in the door and he goes in sometimes in a fits of rage and uh, he physically abuses his family, his wife and his children and he cusses at them and, and he knocks holes in walls and throws dishes at them or, or whatever and then when he comes to work here at the office at the church during the week when he walks in that he treats the, the staff like trash and he's ripping and raring and he's cussing and he's living a lifestyle contrary to what he's preaching on Sunday morning. If, if you knew all that about me, you know what you would do? You, th this building would be empty right now. You, you wouldn't be here because you would say he's a fraud, he's a fake. There, there's something about him. No, he's, he's not preaching what he says that he's walking out in his life. And, and rightly so, the place should be empty. And listen, the same thing, listen. When, when that happens in people's lives, do you know what that does? It, it, it destroys your witness. It destroys your witness. It kills your testimony. There's going to be no influence. Listen, if there's no true love, no sincere love, no, no love of Christ flowing through you, then there's, no, there's not going to be any influence at all into the people's lives around you, and you're going to destroy your testimony. And the same goes not only for me, but the same goes for everyone under the sound of my voice today. Some of you, not, not some of you, some people in other churches. Some, some people, some people in other churches, they, 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 they come into God's house and they lift their hands in prayer and they lift their hands in praise. And then we begin to sing as Pastor Kevin and Miss Amy lead us and, and they begin to sing that song, love God and, and love people. And then at work, when they get to work, they're, they're tearing down their coworker. They're criticizing their coworker. They're gossiping behind the coworker's back. They're tearing down the boss and fault finding with the boss. And then they go home and then they walk in the house and they lash out at their spouse and they antagonize their children and just go crazy on their family when they're there in fits of rage and then out in the community uh, somebody cuts you off at the intersection and there you are a, a follower of Christ and you're yelling out the window and hollering obscenities to somebody and, and showing them that they're number one and the universal sign that people use and, and then you're, you're on social media and you're ripping people to shreds because they have a different view than you. Let me ask you, do you think Jesus would do that? Do you think Jesus is going to act that way? Toward? No, Jesus says, remain in my love, the same love that the Father has for me. Remain in that love because it's the same love I have for you. And what I want you to do more than anything is to love one another with that same love. Love one another with that same love. No, Jesus would never do that. You know what Jesus would do? Here's what Jesus would do. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. Love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. 
Love is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Love will never fail, friend. Love will never fail. And may we as God's people in the church today, may we walk with the love of Jesus Christ expressing His compassion, His mercy to all people and I don't know why these three words the Lord just dropped on my heart this past week but actions, attitudes and words if we would love people through those three things we would, man you're talking about revival taking place we would see just a, a powerful move of God if we would love all people with our actions, our attitudes and our words Pastor Kevin if you'll come please God help us to remain in his love are you remaining in the love of God are you trusting in the love of God are you resting in the love of God do, do you feel like that God can never love somebody like you can I tell you that's a lie from the devil himself I don't care who you are I struggled with that for a long time I'm serious but the Lord he loves me and he loves you with an eternal love yeah we can get out of his love and walk away and try to do our own thing but I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now it's never going to stop him from loving you he's always going to love you you showed up today and there's failures and flaws and regrets and mistakes and mess ups in your life guess what join the club hello I'm going to make it my aim to please God. I'm not going to go out there and try to do anything stupid, but you know what? I know God loves me regardless of what I'm going through in my life. And He loves you. Would you please stand with me, please? Would you bow your heads and nobody look around? Just focus in on the, on the cross of Christ and His love. Maybe you're here this morning. I'm talking to someone that's here and you've struggled You've struggled in your life wondering if you're, if you're even lovable. Can I tell you, you're lovable? You're valuable? You're precious in the eyes of the Lord? He loves you with an everlasting love, an unstoppable love. And he wants, to, he wants to save you. And maybe you're here and you're not sure that you're saved. And you're not sure that heaven is in your future. And you want to, you want to receive the love of Christ in your life today. You know that Jesus loved you enough that he came to this world and died on the cross to take our place so we could have everlasting life and that we could have a home in heaven. And you're here today and you're ready to confess today that you're ready to receive the love of Christ into your life to save you. Right there where you are, whoever you are, just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. And I have fallen short of your glory, God. But because you love me, you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross. He shed his blood. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. He did that for you because he loves you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And friend, right there where you are, just... Admit that you're a sinner and then just believe. Believe in your heart. Believe that he took your place and my place.
Put your faith in Him right now. Put your faith in Jesus right now. I believe, I confess that Jesus is Lord. And I believe that God raised Him from the dead. And He is alive. And because Jesus is alive, I can live forever too. Victory over death and the grave and a home called heaven. And so I commit my life to Christ right now. I surrender to your love, Jesus Christ. I surrender. Come on, whoever you are, right there where you are, make that your prayer. I surrender to you, Jesus. I surrender to your love right now. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Make me new. And Lord, thank you for giving me a home in heaven. And I receive you right now into my life to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your love. And thank you for saving me.